Good morning once again, everyone. Uh, as I begin, I want to just take a moment and offer three special words of welcome. One to everyone worshiping with us via live stream today. I know that at 7 o'clock we had people live streaming from the English Channel and the Bahamas, which is pretty neat. We also have people worshiping with us in our overflow in Cedar Home Chapel and Heritage Hall. So. Welcome to everyone. I also want to welcome Marjorie Wilhelmi, who is our new parish associate for older adult ministry. She read the scripture this morning, and I just want to put that name and that face together for you. And also my mom. There you are. Hey, mom. Yeah. My mom's here today. We've been celebrating Easter a few times. This one's a little bit different than the one we had at West Mills Church, Maine, where about 35 people came. We didn't have a timpani either. I think somebody played a hand drum. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad you're here, Mom. I love you. In Luke 24, verse 12, it says, But Peter got up and ran to the tomb. Stooping and looking in, he saw the linen cloths by themselves, and then he went home amazed at what had happened. Let us pray. Shatter the silence, mighty God, with your glad and glorious greetings. Banish all our fears and give us faith in Jesus Christ, the risen Lord. If there is anything said from this pulpit that is against your will, let it come to naught and do no harm. But if there is anything said from this pulpit that is according to your will, let it be heard as if sung by the voice of angels, that hearing we might believe, and believing, obey. Amen. <laughs> Drew and I coached the peewee wrestlers together. They were all about six to eight years old, thrown onto the mat, all for the same reason, they have fathers that love the sport and are convinced that it will be really good for them. Drew and I could not be much more different. Drew works on a loading dock all day. I have soft hands. Drew lives alone, just Drew and his cable TV, but both Drew and I have something in common a plethora of stories about our glory days. And we love to share them with one another and with the boys. We can go on and on. The older we get, the better we were. <laughs> it's funny though, as deft a handle as Coach Drew has on a match that he wrestled in some dusty gym 30 years ago, he can't for the life of him remember the names of the peewee wrestlers. And so he just makes up names for them. There are two brothers that look alike. One he calls shorts and the other pants because they wear the same shorts and pants to practice. There's another kid that they 
that he lovingly calls Bulldog. I don't know why, except for I think every wrestling team needs a Bulldog. And so he carries the banner. There's another kid that Drew calls second grade because, well, he's in second grade, but he looks like he's in the fifth grade. (laughs) Second grade's wrestling partner is also in the second grade, and he's smaller than second grade, but he gets called third grade because second grade was already taken. (laughs) My son, Max, who Drew just calls your boy, (laughs) asked me about it. He said, Daddy, why does Coach Drew call us all these names? I didn't say, because he can't remember your real ones. I said, it makes no sense, does it? I think he just likes to call you that. Easter is a day where we learn what God likes to call you. You learn your new name today on Easter, the name that maybe, just maybe makes no sense, but the name that God likes to call you. Don't worry, it's not shorts, not bulldog, and it's not second grade. See, Easter, of course, is about the resurrection. And the resurrection is about being enfolded into the baptism of Jesus. We are baptized alongside him, meaning whenever we go down, we know we come back up. That's what the resurrection is about, being enfolded into the baptism of Jesus. And what happens at the baptism of Jesus as all the people are standing, watching on the banks of the River Jordan, God looks down and he says, this is my beloved. Easter is a day where you learn the name that God wants to call you. And that name Beloved. Now, Paul writes about this too in the fifth chapter of Ephesians. He says, Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. In other words, Paul is saying, This is why Easter was made. This is why this happened. This is why Christ gave himself up for us and came back for us. This is the new life you're promised, that we would know our name. And the name is Beloved. It's a name that you may not think you deserve, and it's a name that today you may need more evidence to believe. I mean... You did come to church on Easter. Some of us come today hearts full of celebration. Others simply have agreed to join along. Wore the pastel tie, the light-colored dress. Also, maybe tradition could be maintained. From egg hunts to church, the family gatherings, 
even the most skeptical among us can agree these are good things. But to know, to know that all of this was so that you could embrace this new name, the name that God wants to call you, beloved, when some of us don't feel very beloved, well, that might just take more evidence. That's the way it was on the first Easter, too, though. There was need for more evidence. See, we learn in the Gospel of Luke that this group of women go to the tomb. Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James. They go, and when they get to the tomb, they're met by two men in dazzling clothes, and they say, He is not here, he is risen. And they run back and they tell the disciples. And Peter, when he hears about it, says, I need to go see for myself. And so he runs to the tomb and he gets there. And of course, the tomb is empty. And there on the ground, laying all by themselves, are linen cloths. Now, our translation of the Bible, the NRSV, says that he is amazed. Peter is amazed. But the NIV, the New International Version, sees it differently. It says, Peter went away wondering to himself what had happened. Wondering. Amazed or wondering. Both translations are fair. The Greek, omazo, can mean either amazed or wondered. It seems to me, though, that the NIV gets it better. As we find in the next section of the story, Peter still isn't convinced. Think about it. A stone rolled away. The declaration of angels, the proclamation of these women, an empty tomb, linen clothes all by themselves. And still, Peter walks home wondering what had happened. We read about how for over a month after the resurrection, the disciples collect evidence. Jesus meets them in an upper room and he shows them his scars. Jesus meets them on a mountaintop and gives them the great commission. Jesus meets them again during a campfire breakfast and makes himself known in the sharing of the meal. For 40 days, this goes on and on. Jesus keeps bringing the evidence that they have a new name, and that name is Beloved. The evidence kept coming. I hope that the evidence keeps coming for you this Easter. The evidence that you have a new name I hope that the evidence comes for you in the laughter of those that are surrounding you today. That the evidence that you are beloved comes to you around whatever meal you might share today. That the evidence that you are beloved comes to you through the tenderness of a stranger or the forgiveness of a friend or a confidant's understanding. I hope that the evidence that you are beloved will keep coming in the same way that it kept coming 
for those disciples around that first Easter. See, Jesus took on every aspect of human life, even death, so that no matter what corner of the planet life pushes you into, it might be that before you leave, before you leave this planet, you might know that you have a name that God wants to call you, and that name is Beloved. Whether your corner of the planet is right here in Bloomfield Hills or in the English Channel somewhere or in the Bahamas or in Los Angeles, that's where Gregory Boyle works. He's a Jesuit priest. He works in Los Angeles amidst a whole lot of gang violence. He works with young people there. He actually tells this beautiful story about an encounter with one of those young people after a day at camp. He's sitting on a bench and this young boy comes over and he sits next to him and he goes to shake the young boy's hand but the boy doesn't shake, he scowls. And Gregory Boyles says, what's your name? Sniper, the boy sneers. Boyle says, okay, look, I've been down this road before. You didn't come out and your mom took a look at you and said, oh, he looks like a sniper. What's your real name? Gonzalez. He relents a little. Boyle says, listen, I know that the staff here at the camp like to use your last name, but I'm, I'm asking, what does your mother call you? Fool. Okay now, okay. Son, I'm looking for a birth certificate here. The kid softens. Boyle can feel it happening, you know. There's an embarrassment in him, though, with this newfound vulnerability. He manages to squeak out Napoleon. Wow, Boyle says. What a fine, historic, noble name. But I'm almost positive that when your mom calls you, she doesn't use the whole nine yards. What does your mom call you? Then Boyles watches as he goes to some far off distant place, a place he hasn't been for a very long time, and his voice his body language, his whole being takes on a new shape. Sometimes, the boy says, and he gets so quiet that Boyles has to lean in, and we lean in with him. Sometimes, when my mom's not mad at me, she calls me Napito. Boyle says, I watched this kid move from sniper to Gonzalez to fool to Napoleon to Napito. He says, we all just want to be called by the name that our mom uses when she's not mad at us. Boy was transformed because he embraced his name. 
how much more might we be transformed if the evidence that we are given were to be embraced. Embraced so that we might be evidence to someone else that needs it. The evidence that this This day, our Easter Sunday, is a day where we have been given a new name. Not shorts, not bulldog, not second grade. Your name is Beloved. You are Beloved. You're Beloved. Amen.